0: Amen. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs uh, chapter 13. Uh, Good to have my mom and sister uh, in town uh, this morning. Uh, My mom could tell you a lot of horror stories when it comes to discipline of children. My sisters were really difficult. And and they weren't the most difficult child she had. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As always, we uh, start our uh, class off with uh, questions and answers, and uh, you guys have turned in a lot of questions related to discipline, plus I've got a huge pool of questions that, you know, have been turned in uh, before, and so I really just pick ones that uh, fit, uh, you know, the principles we're talking about, try to help us apply them better. Question number one, is it bad to use things like not allowing them to go to their grandparents house as discipline. They love to go there. Uh, I mean what you're really asking is should I take away a relationship I want my children to have as punishment? I mean that's what you're really asking. Um, you know one of the things we're going to learn as, as we uh, talk about discipline is, is that we need to find what motivates our children uh, to use as discipline. You know, it's really easy to give our children what we want to give them. But effective discipline is really designed to modify behavior, uh, designed to reach their heart. And so when we give children what we want to give them instead of what actually impacts them, you know, that's really not a good way to handle it. Um, I would say this. I think it's always be cautious, taking away things that you think are good and healthy Uh, from your children is discipline. Uh, I mean, I have known parents to, uh, like, not let their kids go to teen activities as discipline when their kids love teen activities. Uh, All kinds of things uh, like that. Uh, And again, uh, I would be real cautious using anything you consider to be good as punishment. Uh, That being said, if it really motivates them, Uh, I would get, uh, you know, the parents on board and have them, uh, you know, call them up and say, hey, I I wish you would have behaved today so you could come over. I love it when you come over. I hope you do uh, better tomorrow, you know, and it's not like at times you don't do things like that, but I just would recommend uh, caution. Uh, Question number two, what should you do when your child rolls their eyes when you speak to them? Is this a common problem? Uh, What I would say is that pretty much Uh, all the problems with children are common problems. Everybody has the same basic things. Uh, But the extent of them, uh, the ones that are prominent, they vary from family to family just because every child has a different disposition and every home is a little bit different. But we all deal with the same basic things. What what I would say when it comes to rolling their eyes is, remember, discipline isn't just about modification of their behavior, behavior, although that is what you're doing. I mean, you are trying to reach their heart. And so when a kid rolls their eyes, there is a reflection of their heart going on. And so you should care about that. Now, if the child is four or five, rolling their eyes is a pretty big deal. Uh, If they're 15, if they roll their eyes but keep their mouth shut, that might not be a good response, but, you know, that's not as bad as it could be either. And, and, and so just recognize what, what's going on. And what I would recommend is tell your child, hey, the next time you roll your eyes, this is what I'm going to do. And then the next time they roll their eyes, because they will, do what you said you were going to do. Um, so I would consider the age of your child when you decide how to respond about that. Uh, because their eyes, it's a reflection of rebellion in their heart. Uh, question number three For a younger child, after one spanking is given and it doesn't work, do you give another or try something else? Somebody also asked, How do you handle the terrible twos? I don't want to spank all the time, doesn't seem to work. Um, what I would say to you is if you're expecting instant results from any of the discipline you do, you have wrong expectations. Almost never does a child fully respond to change what they're doing after one round of anything. That, that's not human nature. That's not your nature. That's certainly not a child's uh, nature. But uh, don't fall into the trap of thinking only one kind of discipline is all the discipline that there is. Don't fall into the trap of thinking spanking is the only kind of discipline. You know, if you, uh, one or two uh, controlled swats on the rear end doesn't at least bring a momentary humbling of their heart and a temporary modification of their behavior, I'll consider something else. Uh, That being said, uh, there's, I think, a good general principle, which is the younger a child is, the more their discipline must be physical and close to the offense. The older a child is, the more discipline, that discipline can be from an event, and the greater variety of options you have. Did, Did you get that? The younger your child is, the closer your discipline needs to be to the event, and the more likely physical discipline is what you should do. The older your child gets, the farther from the event you can have the discipline and you have more variety that's a good principle what I would say I mean because people always ask when do you start discipline and and when do you stop and we'll talk about that a little more uh... later uh... in my opinion uh... physical discipline for a child that's any more than nine or ten or eleven um that's not right now you, you may pick different numbers Um But that would be what I would recommend to you. Uh, And that's going to vary from child to child. Uh, Question number four. How do we separate discipline from our anger when disciplining our children? Um, In James, it says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. In, In other words, when you're angry, you will very rarely do what God defines as right. I mean, all of us here have been angry. I've been angry uh, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When we're angry, we very rarely do what's right in God's sight. And so what I would recommend to you when it comes to discipline is you need to do something about that. What we did, uh, is when there was something that happened, we'd say, go into, go into our room and they would go in there. And then, I would delay going in. My wife is a gentle soul, not really uh, a disciplinarian. To her credit, she let me discipline our children and supported me. Um, but I was the bad guy, shockingly uh, un- enough. But what we would do is make them go in there. And in that pause before I went in there, you, you know, you, you stop and think. <laughs> okay, what, what's appropriate? What, what's right? And then when we would go in, uh, we would talk about what happened, uh, talk about what they did wrong, make sure they understood what was wrong. I'd tell them, bend over my knee. I'd give them one swat. I'd give it hard. Um, I could count on one hand the times with three boys I ever gave two and never gave three. Uh, I, now you do what you think. That's not what we did. It was One swat. Or two. Now, when they were like 9 or 10, I had a paddle. Uh, one swat. Uh, but we stopped physical discipline. I don't know, 9 or 10, 11, in that kind of a time frame. After that discipline, um, I would tell them to sit there. I want you to think about it. Think about what you did. Talk to the Lord about it. And I would leave. And then I'd come back in five minutes when they were calmed down. And I'd sit down next to them and say the same thing all the time. I love you. Uh, no matter what, you always have a friend in your dad. I mean, I probably said that a thousand times, and I'd hug him, and I would say, "Please, don't do this. I, I don't like being in this situation. Um, you need to find some system that separates your anger from what you do. okay? It's not like that's the only system. Uh, That was our system. What temperature is that in here? Seventy, man, it feels hotter than that. Maybe it's just me. Um, Question number six, when and how do you discipline a one-year-old? We'll talk about this later, but in general, uh, when your children are toddlers, uh, there's two things you need to teach them uh, first. Number one, that you love them and you're going to be there and that you care for them. Number two, you're in charge, not them. If you just teach them one of those, I mean, mark it down that when you get to the terror, when when they're two and you decide, wow, I've let them be in charge too long, when you try to switch the boss from them to you, you're going to make the twos way, way, way worse. Those two things are the first things you need to get through to your children. Uh, Number one, you love them, you care for them, you're going to be there. Number two, you're the boss, not them. Um, for the most part, uh, in my opinion, uh, teaching them the meaning of the word no or stop, uh, that should start very young when they're toddlers. And by that, I'm talking about smacking a hand, smacking their thigh below the diaper, uh, one small uh, soft hit on the mouth or on, on the forehead. Uh, I don't consider those discipline like the discipline process that we went through a moment ago. You're just helping your toddler, your young child, to learn, listen, you may not agree with this, but I felt like if our children did not immediately listen to my wife or myself when we said stop or no, it was the difference in them running out in a parking lot and getting hit. Uh, it was a difference in them grabbing a hot stove now, you can play games as, as much as you want, but tr- trust me, if you ever get in a situation where their real safety uh, is at stake, you will be really glad you taught them to mind you. Uh, and so I, I would really recommend all those kinds of things when your children are, are very young. They're not going to understand, but they do need to learn the word um, of The meaning of no and stop. Someone said to be in your child's memories tomorrow. You need to be involved in their life today. Uh, A couple of thoughts about parenting. Here's the first one. Uh, Let your child figure out the weaknesses and humanity of those you've taught them to respect without you pointing out. (laughs) Listen, they will soon enough not want any other authorities in their life but themselves. Uh, remember when we learned a few weeks ago to teach them to respect rightful authority, uh, you're not helping them by tearing everybody down. They'll figure it out. Uh, question, uh, second thought, don't try to be the only authority in your child's life, but make sure God and you are the key ones. <laughs> uh, here's a third thought to think about. Your commitment to Christ and his church ought to be obvious to your children. Uh, actually, it will be obvious to your children. Uh, whether you have it or not. And we're in week seven, just have 13 weeks together. We of course are beginning with the scriptures because the basic question is, does God really know more about what my children need than I do? Is a foundational question. And I believe he does. And so what we do is we look to the example of the best parent ever, and that's God our Father, and we look at the way He handles His children. And last week, uh, we established three basic principles for discipline. This week and next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about application of those principles. Do you remember those three basic principles? Uh, First, if God disciplines His children, uh, we need to discipline ours. Remember the second one? Our motive in discipline ought to be the profit of our children, Uh, It's so easy to do what we do for our reputation or our profit. God doesn't do that, even though his reputation is hurt by the behavior of his children. Uh, God does what he does for our good. Remember the third one? Discipline should not be pleasant for the recipient while it's going on. Remember the word God used for his uh, discipline? Remember? Grievous. And, And so those are three most basic Uh, Discipline principles when it comes to disciplining our children. Uh, The principles we're going to discuss today, uh, you've got to wisely apply them to your situation. These principles are not up for debate. Uh, But understand there is a lot of good discussion that you can and should have Over some of the applications, my wife and I had a lot of discussions and quite frankly, because we have two different dispositions, I'm a dad, uh, she's a mom, I am aggressive, uh, I am pointed, uh, and my wife is gentle. Uh, she's gracious and and patient, and and and, and so uh, God chose us, which means our children they didn't need just me or just her; they needed us both. And so, because of that, you're going to have a lot of discussions, and and life is a lot messier than 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 what it is when we sit in here in a classroom, because sometimes you're tired, uh, you know. Sometimes, you know, what happens is the series of 15 things. You know, sometimes it's a flyer out of the blue. You know, applying these is a bit messy, but these are biblical principles and we need to be applying them. It should be in Proverbs chapter 13, we're just going to talk about some biblical principles for disciplining our children. Uh, Proverbs chapter thirteen, uh, verse twenty four, says this, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. Boy isn't that strong terminology. He that loveth him chasteneth him be times. Now, in my Bible, any word that I don't know the English word, I just circle it and write a little line to the side. I don't know the word and the meaning of the word B times without looking it up in the dictionary, and it means early. And so I've got B times circled in my Bible, and a little line over to the margin, early. Uh, Notice... If you do not discipline your children, you're not only uh, not like God, uh, according to that, you're not expressing love, you're expressing hatred because they need it. We learned about that last week. And you chasten them early. Turn up a couple pages to Proverbs 19. Because our first principle is start the discipline when your child is very young. Start the discipline when your child is very young. Uh, Proverbs 19, verse 18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Notice that their tears should not determine our stopping point. We determine our stopping point. Uh, if you haven't come to realize this yet, what you're going to realize is that some children are much more sensitive than others and they cry easily and you'll stop too soon. Other children, they're not sensitive. My sister's here. She's a very sensitive person. You could just yell at her. She'd feel bad. Me, uh, I mean, especially as a kid, man, I'm not sensitive at all. I mean, you call me names, smack me around. You had to hit me three times before I even looked your way. And, and, and if, you stop, if you're going to use their tears as your stopping point, hey, have, have you ever known a kid that just says, I'm not going to cry no matter what you do? So start when they're very young and you determine when to stop. Don't let their tears determine when you stop. Um, if you wait until your children are older To start discipline, listen, you've already made their life and yours more difficult. Now, if you haven't done any, it's not too late to start. But the sooner you start, the better. Uh, People turned in questions like, what age should you start spanking your children? Uh, When should we start discipline? And like I said earlier, I don't personally... Uh, define smacking a thigh below their diaper or smacking a hand or smacking a forehead or a smack on the mouth. If you smack them hard enough to where their mouth bleeds, you hit them too hard. That's why a forehead might be better. But, but I don't define that as, as, as discipline myself. Um, you know, you can play word games however you want. But uh, what I would say, start as soon as there is willful defiance. If there's willful defiance against something you really want, that's when you start. Listen, you are going to recognize that this is going to happen very young. Start when there's willful defiance. Remember the two things you teach toddlers first. Not just one. There's two. Number one, you love them. You care for them. They can count on you being there. Number two, you're in charge, not them. Um... James chapter 5, we're just establishing some biblical principles for discipline. I, I personally wish that every parent would listen to all three of these lessons on discipline, not any one of them, just because they're all linked together. And I think it's so easy when it comes to an area like this to get out of balance, and uh, that's why I think listening to all these thoughts on it will help us better balance what we should do. Uh, here's the second principle. James chapter 5, verse 12. It says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Notice the Bible principle. Let your yes be yes, and your no, no. And if you don't, there's some kind of condemnation, some kind of difficulty, some kind of trouble that's going to result. Here's the second principle. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Jesus said, let your communication be yea, yea; nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. You know, one of the worst habits parents get into is to consistently make threats you rarely follow through on. One of the worst things you can do for your children is be all talk and no action. Listen, I, I, I get it. If you are a mom like some of our ladies here, you're home all day uh, with them and they've been after you all day long. I get how hard it is. And some of you are gone all day. You're working hard and demanding jobs and you get home and you have the frustrations of children. I, I get it. It's not an easy thing and none of us are going to be perfect at it. But the better we get at our yes meaning yes and our no meaning no, the better off. What that means is whatever we say in discipline and correction should never be flippant or careless. That means you're going you're to have to think through what you threaten. Your child needs to learn that whatever it is you threaten, it's coming. Let me ask you a question. Why are you counting before you expect them to obey? I mean, I can't tell you how many times, I'm going to count to three, I'm going to count to ten, I'm going to count to five, and you know what, Uh, you watch every time, if you're counting to three, they will never do anything on one or two, and if you're counting to ten, they're not going to say, oh, wow, mom, man, that's impressive, all the way to ten, they're going to respond when your action comes, so stop that. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no, not no unless you ask me 20 times. Uh, Again, this means we have to be under better control in what we threaten. By by the way, if you're getting the idea that as a parent, uh, what you say in anger, uh, because you feel a certain way, it's not helping you as a parent. Someone asked, uh, how do I change our kids who only hear us when we yell? Uh, what I would say to you is you have taught them over the course of time that you're not going to do anything until after you've yelled. And if they're old enough, you just sit them down and say, listen, uh, up until now, uh, we didn't do anything until we, yelled, until we yelled. And I just want you to know I'm, I'm sorry I let that happen. But from here on... Uh, I'm gonna expect you to do what I say without me yelling. And then you tell them something, and then you do what you said. If you don't understand that you're just, you're teaching your children, uh, I'm not going to do anything until I yell. I'm not going to do anything until I count. You're not helping your situation. Please stop. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Now, this is a very easy concept, but it is very difficult to practice. And the better you get at it, the more peace you will have in your home. Um, Which gets us to our third thing. Uh, how does God discipline his children? And we talked about that some last week, and I want to uh, expound on that a little more as we talk about principles for our uh, discipline, because one of our goals, uh, thirdly, is to have our discipline be more like our Father in Heaven's discipline. Say, well, how does he do that? Here's the first way. Number one, his goal is to break our will, never our personhood. Never to break our spirit. Turn back just a page to James chapter 3. There's an interesting statement in the middle of all this section of, of controlling our tongues. He makes an interesting statement. James chapter 3 verse 8 says, For the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Did you see that? One of the reasons we're not supposed to curse people in verse 9 is they're made after the image of God. And that means that there's a personhood of every human being that has value. And when it comes to your children, Uh, You have to be careful when you discipline them that you break their will and not their spirit. You break their will and not their personhood. And and as I said earlier, uh, some of you are sensitive and some of you have sensitive children. And others of you, you're not sensitive and your children are not sensitive. And you need to be sure you give what uh, is really needed. Now, most parents, I personally believe, underdo discipline. But it can be overdone. How does God discipline his children? Go back to Psalm 103. Not only does God make his goal to break our will, but not our personhood. Psalm 103. Here's the second way God disciplines his children. He disciplines them with patience and long-suffering. He remembers we're dust. Psalm 103 verse 13 says like as a father pitieth his children so the lord pitieth them that fear him for he knoweth our frame he remembereth that we are dust do you ever stop and think that god doesn't break us in half for every mistake we make that in every one of our cases though what he's suffering long with varies from person to person god is suffering long with all of us in ways where we are not what we're supposed to be. You say, how does he do it? He remembers that we're dust. Uh, and you need to remember that your children are dust. You need to remember that they're children. It doesn't mean small things don't matter. It means God focuses on the most important things. It, it doesn't mean smaller things shouldn't be fixed. It means that God first focuses on the most important things. He wants the bigger things fixed first. By the way, this is one of the reasons why you and I shouldn't be so critical about how other parents handle their children. We really don't know as much as we think we know. Uh, Somebody asked the question, how do I stick to the punishment? I said I would give them. I'll start by giving them the punishment that's appropriate and thoughtful. You know, for the most part, you you know, when your child, uh, starts to be four, five, seven, eight, they ought to have a real good idea. If I do this, this is going to happen. If I do that, that's going to happen. They they ought to have a real good idea. They ought not to have this idea. Man, uh, my mom's in a good mood today. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, my dad's in a bad mood today. He's going to blow his stack. That's not good parenting. Somebody turned in the question, how do I help myself remember they're just children? Uh, Remember how we talked about that pause that you need to somehow design into your discipline? Like like I say, when our boys were growing up, it was go to our room. And, And in that pause, you can chill down. If you're spiritually minded, you can ask God what you should do. If your spouse is there and there's some controversy, you can talk about it. Uh, Listen, it ain't going to hurt anything for there to be a five-minute delay in a seven-year-old and what you do. Uh, God considers our age and maturity as he considers his expectations. Don't expect your four-year-old to be eight. Don't expect your 12-year-old to be eight. Have reasonable expectations. Go to Jeremiah chapter 7. I personally believe most parents do not expect enough from their children. But there are some parents who expect too much. Remember, on nearly every issue of life, there's a ditch on both sides of the street. (laughs) How does God discipline his children? He uh, breaks their will, not their spirit, with patience and long-suffering, remembering their dust. Uh, here's the third thing. God carries discipline to its rightful conclusion once he starts. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 7. Notice, so just a really, really weird Bible verse, as God speaks to Jeremiah in Jeremiah seven sixteen, God says to Jeremiah, therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up crying nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Uh, God had said, repent, or I'm going to send the Babylonians against you. Uh, he had warned them repeatedly, and God finally said, hey, this is happening, Jeremiah, don't even talk to me. And so God carried that discipline out to its painful conclusion because it was a thoughtful conclusion. Carry your discipline to its rightful conclusion. Listen, if you realize that you're overdoing something, stop. Uh, It's supposed to be grievous. (laughs) Appropriate conclusion. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. These are just, how does God handle his children? Uh, Listen, you've heard me say this before. You you know, God is not your mother who, you know, once he decides to bring the hammer, you you know, it's not like your mom who just changes her mind when things seem a little bad. You know what when God decides hey you've gone this far and this is what I'm going to do you've you've gone too far God's going to finish what he started you don't mess with God Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God keep his commandments For this is a whole duty of man. Here it is. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Here's here's the fourth thing. Give discipline in response to everything and anything. God says, hey, everything's coming into judgment, good and bad. Um, Action, inaction, words, attitudes, heart. Now, I get it. Our, our goal is their heart, and you and I need to be careful trying to assess that because only God knows for sure. But our goal is always to reach the heart, but it should be about everything. Uh, now, in our particular case, you know, we started what I would say when our boys roll or discipline with they, a max. <laughs> like they would do something, okay, you guys are off the Xbox for a week. Nothing else said. But if after four days, if they receive their discipline with a good attitude and they had modified their behavior, uh, Sharon and I just might sit them down and say, listen, we want to show you mercy. Mercy is when you don't get all the bad things you have coming, and then we would lower it. Or sometimes we let it go all the way to the end. Deuteronomy 11. It's just principles. Uh, I, listen, God did not write the Bible and, and say, uh, hey, if your child lips, lips off to you, put him in bed an hour early. You know, that's not the way the Bible is written. Uh, the Bible is a timeless book written for every culture and every age, so he gives us principles. Um, and by the way, with an older child, one of the most effective disciplines you can have is putting them in bed early with no, of course, no television in the room, no game system, no phone. Just go to bed early. I'm going to tell you what, you know what every 12-year-old hates? Going to bed early. Here's another principle. Deuteronomy 11 verse 26 says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, A blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse, if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I commanded you this day, to go after other gods which ye have not known. Here's the principle. Use positive and negative motivation. God says, hey, you do what I said, and I'll I'll bless you. You do what I said don't do, I'm going to curse you. I'm going to bring judgment and punishment. See, if your view of discipline is only, I'm going to spank him for this, I'm going to spank him for that, I'm going to spank him for this, you're missing half of what you should be doing. There should also be some positive motivators uh, as well. As far as I understand scripture, and I don't know of any exceptions to this, when God says don't do something, if you do it, that brings judgment, it brings punishment, it brings discipline. And when God says do something, if you don't do it, you miss blessings. God blesses you doing what he positively says to do. God disciplines and curses what he says don't do. Most people live here in the middle. They're not really living under the curse and judgment of God. They're also not really living in his blessings like they could. And by the way, if God handles us that way, that's a good way to handle our kids. Like in our house, uh, schoolwork, you know, there, there were penalties for doing bad and rewards for doing good. Uh, when our kids were very little, I'm talking like five, when they got a check plus, we gave them a nickel. When they got a check, they got nothing. When they got a check minus, they paid us a dime. Uh, For two of our children that worked, one of them would just rather pay the money and not do the work. So what do you do? You find something else. Your kids, they're not all the same. They have the same nature, but they're not motivated by the same things. Um, It's your job as their leader to figure out what motivates them, not just negative, but positive. And here's the last thing, and I don't have time to give you a Bible verse for it. The whole Bible is filled with this. And here it is. Balance discipline with available relationship with you. I really think that you can be a very strict parent, and by and large, I think that's good parenting, depending on how you define that, if you balance that strictness with relationship. If all your children know is, man, if I'm out of line, my mom and dad are bringing the hammer down on me versus knowing, well, you know what? My parents like to be with me. My parents like doing stuff with me. In um, and, and our house, we used to have boys' night out once a week. It was kind of mom's night off, too. And we didn't have any money. We just did something. Uh, At the most, I might have like five bucks, and we go to Chuck E. Cheese, get $5 worth of uh, tokens, and we would find a a four-player game. I think it was X-Men had a four-player game, and and we'd burn all our quarters. Uh, We would go to uh, Miami Whitewater Park. We'd go to the Pork Trail and walk on the balance beam, skip rocks in the pond. Um, There's a bazillion things you can do that are cheap or free. We would go to the creek and turn over rocks and look for crayfish and uh, all kinds of things. Um, Balance relationship with discipline. Um, uh, Usually about every three months, uh, I would take one of them out alone. I'd say, hey, what do you wanna do? Uh, Caleb and I would always go to the circus, he liked that. Uh, Josh liked to go to the fishing show. Uh, they each had stuff that they really liked Uh, whenever I was home I I tucked them in when I wasn't traveling Uh, we did our family vacations together without friends until I mean they were like 17 before we let them bring someone with them Uh, we played a lot of ball in the back Um, I mean my shoulder I probably have a million pitches on my shoulder Um, by the way it hurts me all the time and I do it again Say, why? It's free to play ball in the back, and you spend time together. It is so important. Uh, Every Christmas, I would buy uh, a four-player video game so we all four could play. Uh, We would get soldier games a lot of times, and uh, I always had to be the uh, uh, sharpshooter in the back because if I was out in front, I died too much, and everybody got angry at me because they always had to heal me. But the point is, we just did something together. Just let them see you sacrifice your time to be with them. It makes all the difference in the world. Yes, you should be strict. Yes, you have to have lines drawn. But be like our Father in heaven, which balances (laughs) do this, don't do that, with, hey, I'm your Father, I'm don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. Parent like our Father in heaven. Remember, the goal of successful parenting is not a good child, though we want that. Our goal is a godly, faithful, functional, independent thinking adult. That's our goal. Uh, you should have a piece of paper, turn in your questions, write something on there. Uh, I don't care uh, what you write. You say, uh, um, you know, I'm going to pray for your mom, I can't believe how hard she had it. Uh, you say, well, I don't know how you made it through with nasty sisters like you had growing up. Uh, wh- whatever, just put something on there, fold it in half, set it up here, and uh, and then you're Dismissed.